You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Hey, uh, let's let's go ahead and we're going to jump in this series. Um, we're in week two of the series Jesus Is, and 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 kind of how this originated for me personally was when we were in the last series in John 17. We came to that last phrase in John 17:24 where we said, "All right, we want to behold the glory of Jesus." And we were we were we were praying that, and I preached a message on that, and it just kind of like man, it just kind of came alive inside of me. I thought, man, let's do a whole series on talking about the excellency or the glory of Jesus. And so that's the series that we're in. And so I'm gonna pray and then I'm gonna uh, read the scriptures together and we'll dive in, all right? Father, we do love you so much and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, we thank you for this family. We thank you for the healing, Lord God, of Katie Reed. And we ask for just continued healing for her. God, we thank you for Dan and Amy. We thank you, Lord, for the call of God on their lives. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are revealing yourself to us. So we just pray, just show us who you are, God. As we study Jesus, as we even today look at the life of Jesus in this story in John 2, God, help us to fall more in love with him. Open our eyes that we might see the glory of Jesus. Let that prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, let let, let that be in us, that we would behold the glory of Jesus. God, do it in us, we pray. We love you. And everybody said amen. So our, our text for the series, I read it last week and I wanna read out of the message and then we'll go into John 2, but just kind of as an overarching idea is this, 1 Corinthians 2, out of the message, it says, you'll remember friends that when I first came to you to let you in on God's master stroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is, then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified. And that's really the idea of this series. It's just taking some time to go, all right, let's just talk about Jesus. Like I love all the different kinds of series and over the next 20 years, we're gonna do so many and we're gonna talk about Jesus. We're gonna talk all through the scriptures. We'll do all kinds of different teachings and series, but this one is just focused in on that idea. Just just plain and simple, just Jesus. And so last week we talked out of John 8 where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. and today I wanna to talk about Jesus being the miracle maker. And here's, here's where I wanna go with that. I want us to believe for miracles in our lives. I want us to, to, to just try in our, the midst of all the hustle, bustle, busyness, all the stuff we got going on. I, wanna, I want us just to focus in on, God, we wanna see supernatural activity among us. I wanna see it in my life. I wanna see it in my marriage. I wanna see it with my family. And, and, so, and so I wanna just, just take the first miracle that we have of Jesus. And so this is kind of, this is something we can learn when you look at, at the, the very first one. So in, in Bible world, they'd say the law of first mention. It's, there's some characteristics that we could learn from it. And I'm not saying that this is a recipe. I'm not saying this is a formula for miracles. I do think that we can dive into it and learn some ideas that will help us discover God's supernatural activity, all right? And so uh, we're gonna read out of John 2 today. We're gonna talk about miracles today. That's where we're going. Buckle up, here we go, because Katie prayed a long time and so I gotta talk fast. All right, here we go, ready? All right, no, you ready? Okay, on the third day, a wedding took place in, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee and Jesus' mother was there. This is the first time we see Jesus mentioning his mother here. And then it happens again, not until the foot of the cross, but John adds it in here. It's this beginning. And then at the end, he talks about Mary. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. 
which is interesting because John loves to talk in kind of metaphoric language. And we know that Jesus' ministry is beginning with a wedding, but we know that it ends with a wedding when we look at eternity. And so there's a lot that John's saying here. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, I just love that. Mary talks to him. They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. It's my favorite line. (laughs) Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn on the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which, here it is the phrase, he, through which he revealed his glory, which connects it to John 17 when Jesus said, See my glory. This is what we're aiming for in this series, to see the glory of Jesus, which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. So in first century Middle East, this idea of a wedding would would be hospitality would be massively important. And so today we focus in a lot on the ceremony, uh, but they would focus in more on the party. And this would be quite a bit longer than our weddings. This would be massively important. It would be a huge faux pas to run out of, out of wine at the wedding. And so have you ever been at a, at a wedding where there was a massive faux pas, some kind of big problem that seems to always happen? I uh, have done a lot of weddings. Uh, by virtue of spending 16 years working with young adults, somehow that just gets me in line to do lots of weddings. And, um, and I've had many, I'm just gonna share one. Uh, and that was uh, about seven years ago, I went to go do a wedding and I got to where I could kind of do it kind of quickly. Like I had my systems down and, um, and I'd get to the wedding kind of just right before and talk to, to the groomsmen, talk to the, to the groom and figure out what I gotta do. And I'd do it kind of quickly. And, and so a little bit of, an, of a faux pas though, because I always had this process. I'd run back to the sound man, take off my jacket, throw on the microphone, and I could literally just go up and just say, hey, everybody, welcome. And so that day, I ran to the back, threw on the microphone, took my jacket off, put the jacket back on, ran to the front, and all of a sudden, the groomsmen came down, the bride came down, the bridesmaids came down, and I'm looking at everybody. And you know, for me with weddings, I I like to be a little bit elevated, um, and you know, so that they can see me. And uh, <laughs> because people don't want to have your wedding pictures and be like, hey, where's the preacher? You're like, oh, he's there. You just can't see him. But that's happened lots of times. And so anyway, I'm elevated. I'm standing there and I'm just kind of doing the pastor thing. Look at everybody. How you doing? And I went to, to grab my Bible and just, you know, start. Hey, everybody, on behalf of Joe and Annalise, we're so glad that you're here today. On behalf of their families, welcome to this joyous occasion. I was going right into that. But I, when I went to grab my Bible, I, I, I realized that this jacket was a little bit big. And unfortunately, I had thrown off my jacket, put on the microphone, put on the Texan sound man's jacket, who was massive guy. Like, 
Like I'm cruising in at a 38 short, right? And he's like a 44 large, 44 long. I don't know what the L stands for. It's not my category, but it's big. <laughs> so I'm standing there and the bride who's supposed to be looking at the groom keeps looking at me like, <laughs> and I'm like, cause literally my hands, I can't, and I'm, so I'm just kind of doing this. And every, everybody's supposed to be focused on them, but everybody's focused right on me. I'm just like folding it. It's just, and I didn't know what to do. And I wasn't spontaneously very good because now that I think about it, I should have just thrown the jacket off and just done the, without the jacket. But I just kept it on, like just did this the whole time, you know, and imagine 10 times worse than that. And you've got this wedding faux pas here where, where, where realistically this could be a moment where, where forever, the groom's family would be marked and Jesus jumps in here and he does this miracle. And, and, and there's a whole lot that could be said there. In fact, John, just the, the language that John uses, we know on the third day, we know that John is, is, he's got seven levels of depth when he starts off his gospels, you know, John two, telling the first miracle, telling the story of the wedding in Cana. And there's so many different things that we could dive into, but the, here's the one I, I wanna focus in on. I, I want us to look at just the process by which we see this miracle. I just, I, I think that when we look at Jesus doing miracles today, it's really easy for us to end up in a category where one, we say, hey, I don't believe that God's doing miracles today. There's many people. Other people end up on a category over here where they say, well, I believe that God does miracles today, but he doesn't do any for me. And today I, I want us just to, open up our heart a little bit and just take a faith step and saying, God, work supernaturally in my life. God, I'm believing that you will work and you'll do supernatural miracles. And I think when we look at this first miracle of Jesus, there's a few ideas that we can see. And the first one I just want you to see is the way that Mary talks to Jesus. It's just real simple. Like it's not actually this massive request. Mary just has dialogue with her son. Like she just talks to him. She just walks up to him and says, hey, just so you know, they have no more wine. And, and I know that sounds simple, but I, I want you just to think about that. It's just a conversation between the mother of Jesus and Jesus. And here's the point that I like. It's the one who more than anybody else at the party knows who he is. Like Mary's the one that she goes, I know, I know who he is. Like I remember the angel appearing to me. Mm-hmm. I've got angelic activity in my history about his birth. I know about the virgin birth. I know about shepherds seeing angels in the sky. I know about being warned in a dream. Hey, let's get out of here. Herod's gonna kill the babies and fleeing to Egypt. I, I know the stories of Jesus. I, I remember when he was 12 and he was baffling the teachers as he shared in the temple. I've got this history in his activity, this history of who he is. And so here's Mary. And when she could have just been like, oh, the wedding's out, what's up, let's go. <laughs> She could have just settled. She's just having dialogue. And, and we don't know. I mean, I, I read so many different commentaries and everybody's got different opinions on this, on if she was telling him, if, it was, if, she, if she had a plan, if she didn't have a plan. You know, obviously we know Jesus looks back at her and, and says, my time has not come yet. And so they're having this dialogue, but here's the reality. They're having a conversation. 
And Mary brings this to Jesus. Mary brings the dynamic. Mary brings the situation to Jesus. As simple as this is, this is what I wanna invite you to in every day of your life, is talking. Bring the situation. The temptation is to think it's too small. Ah, it's just, it's just, it's just my finances. It's just this relationship. It's just, it's just. And to have some kind of reason why we're not talking. But here's the truth. When we talk to him, there's an increase of relationship and an increase of communication and relationship opens up the possibility for increased supernatural activity. And here's what I invite you to talk to him. Just as you go through your day, talk to him all the time. Hey, Jesus, they ran out of wine. Hey, Jesus, here's what I'm walking through. Hey, Jesus, I need healing in my body. Hey, Jesus, I need healing in this relationship. Hey, Jesus, I need a miracle. Fill in the blank. And many of us, our temptation is to say, well, I'm gonna talk to him about about the big things. I'm gonna develop the category of what things I'm going to talk to him about. But I wanna invite you to begin to just as much as you can dialogue through the day. Let's just talk. Jesus, just, I know who you are. I've got a history. I've got a history of what you've done in my life. And the people who have seen Jesus move in the past tend to be the ones that have faith for things in the future. And I just want to invite you, just talk. I, Jesus, I've seen you do this. I've seen you do that. I, 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 I believe and, and develop that, that relationship, that, that prayer conversation, that talking to Jesus. For me, it was pretty amazing when we moved here. Uh, <laughs> interestingly enough, we were sitting at a Panera in Colorado Springs and we were meeting with a, uh, a guy from an, an accounting firm and Renata and I were sitting there and we were like, hey, we've got this dream to plant a church, uh, but we don't know how that works. <laughs> like, can you fill in the blank for us? And so he began to talk to us about how it works and kind of just different legal things and different financial things. And and so uh, we were sitting there and I was sitting there, you know, just drinking coffee, smiling while Renata took notes, which is how it often works. And, um, and, and he looked at us and he said this, he goes, hey, when you get to Kansas City, one of the strategic things that would really help your process is if you had a Christian banker that was excited about your church. And he said, so when you get there, just try to find that, try to find a great banker. And I was just kind of smiled and said, oh, great. And Renata wrote it down, you know, kind of thing. And, and we got here and about, I don't remember, it was our second or our third day. It was the first week that we were here. And, and it was kind of a weird season for us because, you know, we had 16 years where I had a job and then I had this season where I, I didn't have a job, you know? It was like, I mean, we were, we were planting the church, but it was just, it was out in the future. And so we did everything together. Uh, and, uh, and, so, and so I said to Renata, let's, let's go, Let's go to the Bank of America, which was right by the apartment here in Overland Park. And I said, we gotta, we gotta open up not only our personal checking account, but let's start banks for this new church that we're gonna start and open up an account. And, and so we're driving there. We've got our four kids in the car and we're just, we're just talking. And Renata says, hey, let's pray for a Christian banker. Let's pray that God would give us the right banker. And to be honest with you, everything inside of me thought, Oh, that's so cute. You know, like that's a nice little mom prayer. You know, she says to the four kids in the backseat, let's pray for the banker. You know, like, I mean, I know I shouldn't say that. And I know that that makes you respect me less, but I just, 
I just, I was, I was like, oh man, I got like, I got important things going on here. You know, like I'm, I gotta figure out how does this work? And what does this look like? And she's like, let's pray. And, and, then, and then she prayed, you know? So I'm just kind of banking on Renata's faith here. And, and she just, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're, and she actually said, remember, Justin told us when we met with them that we should, we should, we should uh, get a great bank. Let's just pray, let's make it a prayer. And so we did, we're, we're walking into the bank and we're praying and we walk into the bank here, 162nd and Metcalf, kid you not, and walk in and this lady leans from around the desk. She looks at us and she goes, did David Perkins just walk into my bank? And I was like, for a second, I was like, what's up? No, and I was like, what? what? And then she goes, let's see, this is Renata. And then she says, this must be Dawson, Olivia, Adeline, and Justice. And I went, like I was like, is this a hidden video? What's going on here? And, and then she said, she said, I'm not scary. She goes, I've just been listening to your podcast for years. I said, I know the numbers on my podcast. Only my children listen. Like, <laughs> except this, like, oh man, you know, like, like, hmm, that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, like she became this massive help. She actually mailed gifts to my children. She became like a family friend, like, like, like her kids were at our bold conference. Like it just, and I just kind of, you just kind of go, wow, God, like you're, you're at work. Like when, when we just talk to him, when we just talk to him, there's things that he does. And of course, all the cynics say, hey, it's just coincidence. But the people that pray seem to experience more coincidences. Like, it's just amazing how, how God begins to work like that. And I think that, I think that Mary here, she just looks and she just goes, they ran out of wine. And then there's this second moment where, where I just love this moment. I mean, I don't, I, I was just kind of imagining trying to unpack the moment where she says, do whatever he says. There's, I mean, there's a hundred different jokes behind that. You know, I mean, she's raising the son of God, you know, like just mm, like you can only imagine what it's like. But she looks at the servants and she says, do whatever he says. Like, like it doesn't matter what he asks, obey. And I was thinking about that because most of the time, we will obey if we like it. Okay, so I'm gonna to talk to God. All right, talk, 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 talk. Let's just have conversation. I'll obey when it makes sense to me, when I like it, when it fits the trajectory of where my five-year plan goes. God, I like it when you give me revelation. God, I like it when you give me blessing. But if you say to obey and I can't comprehend it, oftentimes we don't obey. But I want you to see this moment where Mary goes, just do whatever he says. Here's a step of faith for you and for me. When he talks, even though it may not make sense to you, we obey. Famous text in Isaiah, his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts, higher than your thoughts. And oftentimes we limit what God wants to do through us if it fits in our brain. Like if I can make sense of it, then I'll do it. But that limits God's activity to the size of your mind, which that's not very great, <laughs> right? Thank God, God's not the size of my brain or yours, right? But his ways are higher. 
And so if you had the moment where the servants hear Mary, do what he says, and Jesus says, fill the pots with water. All the, all the left brain people, everybody that's a number one on the Enneagram is like, I'm not doing it, doesn't make sense. No way. Like, no, you're a C on the disc test. You're like, I'm not doing it. I don't understand it. That's a detail I don't get. I don't, give me a different kind of plan, right? And that's what we often do. We kind of go, if I can figure it out, if it can make, sorry, I just picked on all the number ones. I just love you. We threes, we, we just want a party. Like if everybody's drinking the water, feeling like, we'll just do it because everybody's doing it. Like it's a party, what's up? I'm a three. Anyway, <laughs> and here's, here's this moment where Jesus tells them, go put water in the jars. Put water in the jars. Yeah, put water in the jars we aren't wanting to drink water. We want to drink wine. I'm not asking what you want. I'm telling you what to do. Ah, no, I want you to tell me to do something that makes sense. I'm God. I know. Ah, that's where we're at all the time. That's the story of our lives. I want to do it if it makes sense to me. Why? Because I want to be God. Because I want to do my things my way. Because I like myself. And God's going, who's God here? Hey, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Here's the reality. God will invite you to do things that don't make sense to your mind so that you end up on the backside going, wow, you are awesome. But if your whole life is doing just what I can handle, what I can maintain, what I can figure out, you won't see many miracles. You'll just live your life. But if you'll talk, all right, God, all right, Jesus. And then you'll just do what he says. You just, Jesus says, all right, go put water in the jars. You'll go, all right, I can't see. I don't understand. I don't know why, but I am not my own. I have a king. I am following the one who does miracles. I don't do miracles. Jesus does miracles. And the only way that we'll ever see miracles is if we're dialoguing in conversation with Jesus and obeying him, then he goes, oh, I like to show myself to those who will obey. The listen and obey, Christianity. <sighs> really easy to preach, really easy to tell stories. Honestly, day to day, really hard to live. Challenging to step out and obey that voice that whisper, that just listening to what God says. We did it with this, this, this bold conference thing. And I, I've told you this story, but it, 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 it messed with me. And I know that we're all on a journey, but in my journey, there was this moment where I was driving on 135th and I sensed the Holy Spirit saying that we were to keep reaching kids. And if you know, that's what I've been doing for my whole life and keep investing in young people and, 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 and this burden went from like zero to 75, whatever the speed limit is. It went all the way, like instantly, like mm, began to feel it. And, and then I, I, just, I just had this, these moments where when I would drive on 435, just past that Overland Park Convention Center, I just, my heart would just start to beat faster. And I just kind of knew. And, and so I, I began to just kind of research it and ask the Lord what we we're supposed to do. And and we went in and found out the cost of what it was gonna cost. And I just, I just was like, no, like that's just, that's too big of a risk. Like this is, this, we can't risk that much. And, and then it was like, you couldn't shake it. It was just like, I was like, I just, I know that, I know this is what God's telling us to do. And, 
And so just, okay, all right, Lord, we'll take the big risk. We'll rent the big facility, just step out in faith. And it's that, okay, I'll, I'll obey. I, I, I don't know, it seems crazy. And we did it. And I'll never forget the moment where I got the text, signed the contract, just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, here we go. And a week later, within, within that week, it was actually less than a week, I had a pastor friend of mine call me, he said, hey, I heard you're gonna still do a youth conference. So yeah, <laughs> we're stepping out in faith. And he goes, hey, well, we're really excited about that. And so I'm gonna send a check. It'll come in the mail. We just wanna support Radiant Church and what you guys are doing in Kansas City and the Bold Conference. I said, awesome, thank you so much. And then he says, oh, here's what it'll be for. And he tells me the amount. It was to the penny, the contract, to the, to the penny. I don't know about you, but in moments like that, you go, coincidence? I don't know. I kind of think God's at work. I kind of think that God goes, hey, if you'll just listen, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Okay, but God, that's too scary. That's too scary. Is this, is this about your reputation or is this about me? Well, I like my reputation. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Walk in faith. Obedience is hard. Obedience isn't easy. Obedience is easy to understand. Obedience is challenging to do. <laughs> and my dad tells it this way. My parents had the shock of their lives in 1976 when they were hoping for one child, but they had three. Just kidding. They were hoping for three. And uh, <laughs> they had triplets. And so my dad always tells a story when he had five-year-old triplets about how, how all of us responded differently when it came to obedience. How he would come home, look at three five-year-olds and say, hey, go clean your room to which their darling angel, they actually call her angel. Her nickname is Angel. She was born, I think, without a sin nature. <laughs> to which they would look at Angel Dana and Dana would begin to cry just because she couldn't fathom the disappointment of her father that her room wouldn't already be clean. And then my sister, Deborah, she's fiery. She's Deborah the Lionhearted. She would look back at my dad. She want to fight and go toe to toe. Like, how dare you ask me to clean my room? You know? <laughs> Dana would begin to cry and she'd go clean her room. Deborah, <laughs> she want to fight. She'd turn around, go clean her room. And then there was this son of his whom he loves, <laughs> with whom he's well pleased. And his son would look back, five-year-old David, and say, Dad, I'd be happy to go clean my room, smile big, and then never clean his room. <laughs> Let me tell you this, at 41, same guy. <laughs> I guess it's just so easy. What's up? I'll sing the song. Katie's leading us in worship. It's the presence of God. I love you. I love you. Whatever, whatever. That's the easy part. Here's the hard part. You want me to do what? You want me to choose righteousness? You want me to step out in faith? You want me to obey? Yeah. Yeah, you're the radiant light on the planet. I'm using you to be a light. I want you to be an example of me. I want you to be my obedient child. I want you, hey, I want to use you. <laughs> yeah, but that's gonna 
be sacrificial and costly. Welcome to Christianity. Welcome to what we've signed up for. It's that moment where you go, okay, God, I'll pray. I'll talk to you. Do whatever he says. All right, this, this, this water in the jars doesn't make sense to me, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna bet you're God, I'm not. You're the Lord, I'm not. And here's the final moment that I just think is stunning. Where you do the math on all of a sudden the miracle happens and there's 180 gallons of wine. Good day, you know, like, that's a lot of wine. Here's the point. Jesus blows their minds, does a miracle. Jesus does something that they couldn't have made up. He's gonna turn the water into wine. He's gonna create He's gonna create an abundance of wine. Here's what I invite you to. I know that we live in a world where people take advantage of this and people say that God wants to bless you in ways that you kind of go, oh, I don't know if I wanna go that far. Here's the big principle. You do serve a God. He loves you and he does like to bless and he does do miracles. And here is Jesus making the party better. (laughs) And he wants to do miracles in your life. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to do great things. And I know some of you hear that today and you go, I don't know if I can believe that. I don't know if the valley that I'm walking in, if I can believe that God wants to do great things. I'm not asking you to to choose this based upon your emotion, but based upon biblical revelation. I want you to get this. Look at this. Jesus does miracles. He does miracles in the gospels. He does miracles today. This is the first that we read in John. John's giving this miracle first. I want you to believe there is an abundance. There's things God wants to do in your life. There's, and, and I'm not saying, who knows? Who knows the ways? I'm not, saying, I, I, I'm not saying that it's physical blessing. I don't know. Maybe it's spiritual blessing, but it is his activity in your life. Godward activity in your life is what he delights in and what he desires for you. And so there's, there is a, a feast. There is an abundance. There is the wine. There is something that he's got for you. Yours is talk to him and obey. Okay, doesn't make sense, but I'll obey and it'll blow your mind. Yet God wants to do it. I've had days where this has seemed really real and days where this seemed distant. There were days in planting this church where I was in an apartment by myself, clueless on if this was gonna work and sick, like sicker than I'd ever been. And where I was aching and, in, and, and like couldn't get out of bed on my son's birthday, where I was like, God, I, 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 I'm, I'm crazy. I have, I, I have gone crazy. And there, and there are moments like today where I go, thank you. God, you are at work. Let me close with this last story and then we'll, and then we'll pray. Uh, this is just a vulnerable story since I haven't been vulnerable so far about my height or any of my other issues. Um, when we left uh, Colorado, um, <laughs> you know, as a dad, like, you know, it's kind of like, for, uh, to, be, to be really honest with you, uh, for me to believe for finances, for our family, uh, I never had to do that before. I, I went to a great school, uh, grew up with a great family, um, got a great education, graduated from college and went to a great church. And I had never been, I had never been in a season where I needed a financial miracle. Like I, I didn't even really know that world. And, um, 
And so I, I, I was just kind of a, I was a rookie. I, I mean, I, I'd always had a salary and just kind of worked. I got school, school had worked for me and it just, it, it had gone well. And uh, so that God puts this dream, talk to him, obey, plant a church, talk to him. Every time I talk, the way that I say it is it was this desire that I couldn't shake. And, uh, and, and my, my son, you know, is, he and I are really close and he was 11, he's 14 now. And, 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 and my son, like he, he, he's, he's amazing, but, I, but he started to have this fear. Like, dad, how, how's this gonna work? How, like, we're gonna go, sir, you don't have a job. I was like, yeah, so how's it work? We don't have a job, but like, how, how are we gonna eat? I was like, I don't know. I mean, you know, like, uh, and, and, and I'll never forget the moment as we were driving from Colorado Springs to Kansas City. It was just he and I in a U-Haul, just the two of us, driving I-70 East, start our new life together. And, and Renata and the other kids were, in the car behind us. And my son Dawson, he's 11 years old. He says, hey dad, hey, um, you can just feel it. There's this inner turmoil where he's trying to figure out how this whole financial thing's gonna work. He said, dad, hey, um, you know, I turned 12 this summer. I said, yeah, I know. And he goes, uh, June 27th, he goes, you think you'll have enough money to buy me a present? <laughs> and I did what you did. It's like, but inside, my prayer was just, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I was just like, yeah, Doss, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, like, I think God will take care of us. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I think God will take care of us. He always has. But you could just feel it, you know, you could just feel Doss just kind of like, mm, I don't know, you know, just kind of, which, you know, like, when it's your kid, you're just, you're just going to your father, like, oh, father, please please. I got this call in April. I said, hey, David, will you um, come speak at this church in Texas? When you're unemployed and they ask you to come speak, you just say yes to everything. Yeah, I'll come. What do you want me to do? I'll just, yeah. You want me to sing? You want me to dance? I can do it. What do you want? I'll do anything. Preacher for hire. Just tell me what to do. And uh, I called Renata and said, hey, babe, uh, I want to say yes to this engagement. What do you think? And she said, David, that's that's Sunday, June 26th, Monday is Dawson's birthday. She said, how do you wanna work that? I said, oh, I know. I said, let's just do this. Let's just, his birthday present will be the opportunity to go with me. She goes, oh, that's amazing. So I called the church and I said, hey, can Dawson come? They said, yes. I said, awesome, this is gonna be his birthday present. They said, oh, it's his birthday. I said, yes, it's his birthday. And so we got on the airplane and we went, did church. And, um, after church, I, I said to the pastor, I said, hey, we're flying out tomorrow night. Um, tomorrow's my son's 12th birthday. It's like, is there any, anything, any, where could I go just like to hang out with him? I said, I wanna like take him to a movie or go putt putt or something like that. And he says, oh, I got an idea. And he says, there's a guy in my church. He loves stuff like this. Turns out he owns his own company. And he says, will you just trust me if I set the whole thing up? I said, set it up. Sure. Okay, great. So this is not from the church or the pastor. This was a guy in the church. The next morning on my son's 12th birthday, <laughs> here I am, unemployed, got my kid with me. 
and a helicopter comes and picks us up in downtown. Takes us out. We go fishing, shooting guns, which is my first time too. At a private ranch, somewhere in Texas. I have no idea where we were. We spend the day together. <laughs> we get back in the helicopter, take us back to catch our flight, to fly back to Kansas City. And I looked at my boy on his birthday. I said, I guess you got your birthday present, huh? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, God's good. And I know it's risky to tell you that story because I know that's an extravagant story. But I believe God does good things. I believe sometimes you're like, boom, 180 gallons of wine. Boom, 12 baskets left over after feeding the 5,000. I believe he's still doing good things. And I just wanna pray it for you. I wanna pray it for me. I wanna pray it for our church. I wanna see an increase of our conversation being about God is doing miracles. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radian Church Podcast.